It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Get ready for a lot of fun and excitement. Strap it in. I know you're going to dig this. It's Bears Nation, baby. To the Batmobile. Let's go. All right, welcome in. It is Bears Nation Pod. It is Thursday, October 19th, and we have a real slop fest of a game to break down today. Uh, how much of the game we're actually going to talk about, I don't know, because I know there's some, a couple things on, else on the docket to talk about. It is all Bears football. It is all related to the Bears, obviously the quarterback situation, who the Raiders are going to be starting in this game, because that's still an unknown, and... A couple things even uh, related to the number one overall pick that I kind of want to bring up uh, maybe towards the end of the episode uh, to wrap things up as well that I'm sure Kevin Lapka is going to take totally reasonably and with a cool head. But I digress. Uh, Let's get into it, though. Like I said, this is Bears Nation podcast. Myself, Jake Hassan, as always with Kevin Lapka, as always brought to you by ONTAP Sportsnet. And uh, Kevin, this game is going to just be so ugly. (laughs) This game is going to suck, I think. I'm kind of thinking about just, you know, opening up a different tab here on the webpage, looking at a tea times for noon on Sunday, you know. <laughs> we <laughs> don't lie to the people. Don't lie to the, you. You and your fandom will never allow you to do that. And even if even if you did somehow uh, convince yourself to do that, you would absolutely have the phone up with the game on <laughs> YouTube TV or whatever app to stream the game. Or maybe you'd have, you know, the dulcet tones of Jeff Joniak on the radio call instead in the cart. I don't know. Um, I do respect you trying to figure out a way to maybe get one more tea time in. 55 on Sunday as a high. Not great, but not terrible. You can play with that. Saturday is probably your your day. I mean, it's the highest 62. Oh, I I also want to try and squeeze one more in, but I digress. It's Bears Nation podcast, we'll, not we'll, we'll, Jake and Kev golf we'll, podcast. We'll get we'll, we'll get we'll get one in before the season ends. But yeah, I mean, I, I just I uh, I have zero interest in watching this game. Like, I it's going to be so and, and gross. I, I don't think at this moment. I'm sorry. I just don't think at this moment I can be convinced into buying into like the underlying Tyson Bajant miracle story. Like, don't. Get oh, me I disagree wrong. with that. Really? I mean, I, I don't well, know. just because we've seen this in the NFL before, like quarterback change for one week, team buys in, rallies around, you know, the one start, especially in this situation. This is going down narrative street a little bit, but, you know, D2 undrafted rookie who comes in, the team rallies around him against a bad Raiders team as it is, too. It's not like you're playing the Chiefs or the Eagles or the 49ers. You're playing a bad Raiders team that, you know, is in the hunt, quote unquote. But they're still not great. And so, to me, I think that this is a spot, like I said, you've seen in the NFL before where a new quarterback comes in or, you know, the backup comes in. And just for one week, the team's able to rally around that. It's not unheard of. It's honestly kind of, I don't want to say normalized or common, but, you know, it's not uncommon. Yeah, but like uh, the team rallies around Tyson Bage, and like it just wouldn't make sense. Like it would. I mean, make everything sense that you hear like, the players and the team say about him is and, and, and nothing but positive things. All the all his teammates, like and I mean, they would say that anyway. They're not going to come out and say this guy sucks or he's a bad teammate. But I mean, even this was in the preseason. This was in the summer. That oh yeah, this kid's awesome. Like he's great to be around. He's a learner. He's a grinder. Like I, that's just why I kind of think this is like this isn't you know PJ Walker. You know, like 
We've been hearing good things about Tyson Badgett's, you know, character for months now, for four or five months. It's just like, I mean, (laughs) what's the point? Like, like, sure, fine. But like, there's not really any scenario where that occurring is a good, I I guess it's not a good or bad thing. Well, you also have to consider, I mean, we've talked about on this show before, guys are playing for the next contracts. Guys want to perform well. Sure. And I know, and I'm not saying these guys aren't going to play and not going to try. Like these guys are going to bust their ass every single game. The bears have no incentive to lose out. They don't have an incentive to tank. The coaching staff doesn't have an incentive to tank. So actually I implore you, if you're somebody in survivor, who's like, Oh, lock, take the Las Vegas Raiders against Tyson Bajan. Like the, if Matt Eberflus can't afford to lose out, Correct. If he has any hope of of keeping his job, a lot of these players, Darnell Mooney, Jalen Johnson, who are hoping for contract extensions and haven't gotten them, cannot afford Might get to traded. just roll over and die against bad teams. And and yeah, we'll talk about the, the trade possibilities for those two players, specifically Jalen Johnson, here in the next couple of minutes. But I just look. I don't think a back to the Tyson Bajan thing. I sure like let's root for the kid, right? He's a starting quarterback on Sunday. Let's root for the kid, but. There's no scenario where like this works out and Tyson Bajan is a part of the plan going forward. And I honestly am fearful of this. I think this is why I'm sort of hesitant to like be all in. We saw Matt Eberflus a couple of days ago say regarding Tyson Bajan, you know, we're going to play to the strengths of the quarterback. He said that specifically in a quote. Sure. We've heard that before, though. We haven't heard that before when it comes to Justin Fields. No, we haven't we seen have. it. I don't know. Okay, but that uh, we we can hear it all we want. Right. But from what we know from last year in the first five games of this season, the last thing that they were doing for a majority of it was playing to the strengths of their quarterback. We'll so start here's this year too. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean. I'm fearful that for some reason, and we always had this potential idea that maybe they never liked Justin Fields all that much. They never drafted not collusion, but they didn't draft the guy. You know, th- this is the whole line of thinking as far as what's going to happen in, 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 in the future, right, in, in, at the end of this year. My fear is this. They are going to give Tyson Bajan more of an opportunity, play more to his strengths. He's going to look better because of that. And all of a sudden, within a matter of two weeks, Justin Fields has become a major scapegoat. scapegoat. He's going to get run out of this town. They're going to do whatever they can to get him out of here. And who knows? That might have happened anyway. Tyson Bajan is going to look like some sort of hero. And the whole thing is going to be messed up because of that. And it needs to be a realization that no, this, you cannot make Justin Fields a scapegoat. The coaching staff is the problem here. The coaching staff needs to go. And I'm just fearful of tailoring to the strengths of the quarterback. Tyson Bajan looks good. Hey, look what we did with this undrafted D2 rookie from Shepard, who a year ago was playing against, you know, guys who are working at Walmart right now. Colorado, the Colorado school of mines. School of the what? Yeah, what? I didn't even know that was a thing. What? I didn't know that was a thing either. So they're going to use that as leverage at the end of the year exit interviews to Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren and say, I mean, yeah, we had we only won five, three or four games this year, but look what we did with this D two kid from Shepherd University that no one gave a chance to. We turn into somewhat of a thing. Keep us around. Well, if we can do it with Tyson Beijing, we can do it with the other guy we drafted, Caleb Williams or Drake May. I guarantee you they're going to pitch that, and I am scared as hell of some potential positivity coming out of the next. And I don't want to root against Tyson Beijing. Like, that's not what sure, I'm doing right, here. Right. But I fear as a rational, which rarely I can be, <laughs> a rational viewer of this team that he is going to have moderate success in the coming weeks. 
And they're going to be able to use that as leverage and as a chip in, in their negotiating tactics at the end of the year to say, hey, keep us around. So I see where you're coming from completely. Uh, I don't think two wins would be able to do that. I don't even think three wins. Like, let's say you beat the Raiders and let's say you beat the Panthers. I hope so. I don't think that's doing it. Because <sighs> even if you say that, oh, look, we got two wins with this undrafted D2 kid. Issue still remains that it was the Raiders who are likely to miss the playoffs and have Josh McDaniels as their head coach and some combination of Brian Hoyer, yeah. Aiden O'Connell, or both. And then the Panthers, possibly. Let's just sit, throw them out there as a scapegoat. Like, or maybe like maybe you win against the Vikings if they trade cousins at the end of the year, or you know, something like that. I just don't think that in those scenarios, that's enough to keep your job. They would have to win five, six games. You know, from now, you know, on top of that, so that you end with six or seven wins to keep that job, you know, and that, that's assuming Fields is going to be out the rest of the year. I get what you're saying. This has been your thing the entire year that you're afraid Justin Fields becomes the scapegoat. I think that unless this coaching staff wins five or six more games this year, that they're done. It's they're cooked. And the part of that, too, is even if you want to say that they're competent enough to do that, which they're not. The state of the team is is not great. You're getting some guys on defense back fine. The offensive line is still in shambles. You know, even if Braxton mm-hmm. Jones comes back next week, because it doesn't seem like he's coming back this week, you know, that's going to take him time to get up to speed. You still have no idea what's going on in the interior. Nate Davis continues to be perpetually injured. You don't even know what you're going to do at center right now. Doug Kramer's taking first-team snaps at practice. And as much as I love Doug Kramer as an Illinois guy, like <laughs> – He's still a sixth-round pick who has not seventh played round. really. Seventh-round pick who has played, what, all of three snaps in NFL action? Like, it's just I think where the the state of the team outside of the quarterback is still so bad that you're just not in a good spot to win five, six, even four games. Maybe you stumble, you fall ass backwards into a win this week because the team rallies around the second, you know, the second bubble, the uh, the division two undrafted rookie, you know, you know, maybe they rally around him for one week. But then after that, do you really think you're beating the lions? Do you really think you're beating the Falcons? No, no, no. Do you really like that? So that's my thing. Like, I don't think one win. I don't think two wins even. Is going to be okay, enough okay. for Matt Eberflus and this coaching staff to say, "Yeah, you should keep us." Like I think, I I think they're cooked. Regardless, I think everything else that happens from now on, and let's assume that Justin Fields does not play another game this year. Like everything else is just guys trying to earn their next contract. Darnell Mooney, Jalen Johnson, all the guys on one year deals. You know, and like I said, and maybe this is our segue to get into this. A couple of these guys are going to get traded. You know, the Bears did not hesitate. After winning a game, after winning the New England game, Robert Quinn was out the door two days later. Roquan Smith was out the door a week after that. Like, wins do not equate to Ryan Pohl saying, all right, let's 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 keep running this back. This is great. And at some point, like, you have to start prioritizing the short term for the long term. That's not now. Because you don't have the quarterback, especially while Justin Fields is hurt. You might not have him in general. And you sure as hell don't have the coaching staff. So... Ipso facto, we're looking to next year at the earliest. And you're assuming that you're going to have your quarterback then, hopefully, whether that's Caleb Williams, whether that's Drake May, whether that's J.J. McCarthy, I don't know. But it's going to be one of those three guys. And maybe Shadur Sanders sneaks his way into that conversation too, but unlikely. So 
that all being said and that all being taken into account, I, I get where your fear is coming from. I just don't think we're at a point right now where we have to worry about that. Like I said on Monday, we're a third into the season. Like, we're, we as Bears fans and as people that talk about the Bears and as an organization, the Bears are so far up Shit's Creek right now that I just don't think it matters. Okay, great. You beat the Raiders. They suck. They're bad. They're so, not that bad. They're three and three right now. But like, do you like Kevin? Do you really look at the Las Vegas Raiders and, I, I, and say like that's a team that can win a playoff game? Do you, do you really look no, at them and say but, that's a playoff team? They're a bad no, team. But if you're like they like they could be a team that you know like I view the Raiders as like maybe they get lucky and they get to eight wins, maybe. But like, do you really think they're a good team? Does anyone go ask ten people on the street? You think that any of them are going to say any casual football fan? They're going to say the Raiders are a good team? No, but okay. you can use that as, hey, you can't. three and three at the time, and we beat them. That That's what they'll do in that fucking building, Jake. That is what they do, man. That is what Even if the Raiders end up 6-11? and 11? Uh, They'll say, hey, look at what was stacked against us. I don't care if that was in a 6 But again, I don't think one time. We lost our starting what if quarterback. The, what, if you, what if this is the only other game you win all year? I mean, who knows? It's hypotheticals, right? But I just in general, like rallying around this kid. Oh, and look, 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 look how we brought the team together. And oh, the, you know, Justin Fields just he 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 just couldn't do it. We had all the pieces, and it just was on him to not rally the team. Like I, I'm with you that I don't think this coaching staff will last. I I, right. I I totally agree. I've been saying that from the jump. I said I set the date at the after week two or three that lost the game after the Chargers. They'd get fired. Uh, and I'm going to hold true to that because I can't roll it back now. But, like, I mean, there is a little bit of fear for me that this is what this organization does. I don't know if they have the balls and the strength to do it. Um, and they're going to find any which way they can to keep these guys around. And just that part scares me a little bit. So, you know, who knows? This is a terrible Raiders defense, a terrible Raiders rush defense, which is uh, which favors the Bears. Their pass defense actually isn't that bad. They're actually top 10 in uh, opponent pass yards per game allowed, uh, which is not good news for Tyson Bajant. Um, especially with Max Crosby on the other side of the field. It's really not good news for Tyson Bajan, especially because we don't have a center and we don't have – and we have Larry Borum at left tackle and uh, we don't have Nate Davis. And, yeah, that front four is not too bad. So, yes, not a good recipe. Like, actually, if we're going into a game breakdown, like I know people are going to say, oh, well, you know, what, a, what an opponent for the Bears to face for Tyson Bajan's first game. Like, luckily they didn't get the Lions. No. Like, there are some threats on this Raiders team coming at you, especially, you know, with Max Crosby in that front four with a guy like Tyson Bajan, who we saw what happened when he was under a little bit of duress in, uh, in, in the end of last week's game against Minnesota. You have the underthrown pick uh, on his back foot. You have, you know, the fumble where he doesn't really recognize the guy coming from behind him, which is a you know, tough play on him. But this isn't the best opponent. For the Chicago Bears, although the Raiders are, you know, widely viewed as a bad team, although they're three and three, like I'd much rather be playing the Minnesota Vikings again or, you know, the Cardinals, right? Like this is not the best matchup. Tyree Wilson, I forgot about him. First on draft pick, top 10 draft oh, pick for the Raiders. He, he's done uh, also Zippo into this his year. Own. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's, he has done Zippo, which is surprising because of his projectables out of the draft. But he's still a guy that can wreak havoc. Look. I am not expecting anything much from Tyson Bajant, but I just know that, and maybe it's not within the organization, right? Maybe it's not within the organization. Maybe they're smarter than that, but I don't want to have to deal with 
people around this franchise, if the Bears were to come to a win and say, hey, Tyson Bajant might have had three interceptions on Sunday. He might have had 120 yards passing. But you know what Tyson Bajant knows how to do? He knows win. how to win. Yeah. And Justin Fields has has had all these games with great stats, but he doesn't know how to win. And, and, and here comes, you know, the D2 guy who wasn't supposed to be anything, and he's bringing up the energy, and he knows how to con- – he, he has more positive energy in interviews than Justin Fields does. But, like, nobody, nobody who win. actually <laughs> evaluates football is going to say that. Unless unless the Bears win like six in a row, like after like yes, yes people on the I street agree. like you know Joe Public's gonna say that, but like <laughs> nobody who actually evaluates football like yeah all the callers on the score on an ESPN one thousand are gonna say that, but like nobody who like un- again unless the Bears win like six in a row and those stats continue to happen where Tyson Badge is like not wowing anybody but they're somehow winning games. Then maybe that happens. But if they win one game against the Raiders, who, yes, they're three and three, let's go through who they've beaten. The Patriots, who are terrible. The Broncos, terrible. who are also terrible. And then the Green Bay Packers, who are like in this weird limbo where they're figuring out their first year also quarterback. Terrible. They, yeah, they're pretty bad. So, like, yeah, they're three and three. Look who they beat. Like, if they beat the Bears this week. And they're four and three. People are going to look at them and say, "Yeah, the Raiders. Look out for them in the playoffs." Look, wins are not a QB stat, right? We know this. Anyone who you know evaluates the NFL, evaluates teams, like knows that wins pretty much aren't a QB stat. But what they do is they help absolve you of mistakes made throughout the game. They 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 do give a better look on your previous game. Like take like you talk about the Green Bay Packers, for example. Jordan loves stats for the first three games of the season. Incredibly pedestrian. He had a decent game against the Bears, but for the most part, really pedestrian. The offense wasn't scoring a ton of points and weren't explosive. But at that point, they were 2-1. and one, And everyone was like, oh, Jordan Love, top 15 quarterback. Blah, blah, blah. You want to know why? Because they won games, right? It gives you a better perspective on the player if they win the game in the moment. If you were to go back and look at a player's career as a whole and see that, hey, this guy was consistently a 4,000, 5,000-yard passer, but he was winning seven, eight games a season, then, yeah, I mean, wins aren't a QB stat in that sense. But on a week-to-week basis, and the way that a quarterback's performance is perceived, wins do help. And that's why I'm just a little bit fearful because, hey, whether you like it or not, when you look at the Bears' defense, I mean, this defense played really well against Minnesota. They're getting healthier. You know, you have guys like Yannick Ngakwe, who was a late free agent signing, coming, kind of coming into his own. You have guys maybe understanding, you know, the, the Tampa 2 system, the Chicago Bears run and, and, and fitting in and slotting in. And I'm not saying that the Bears are going to be you know, a top 15 defense for the rest of the year. But you have guys like Irvon Dexter, uh, who is a rookie who needed development, who's looking to be, you know, more of a contributor. Zach Pickens has really done nothing. I don't expect his, um, you know, performance to have an uptick. But you look at a defense that may be coming into its own and a defense that's not going to allow, you know, 35 points per game, which it was allowing the last 14 games with Justin Fields, then you start to see the Bears win games 21-17 or 21-20 or 24-23 with Tyson Bajan. And although, and maybe because they're relying mostly on the run, and I just like, even if they're not winning games, even if they're closer games, right? Like, you know, 17-16 to or 24-20. to And hey, Tyson Bajan kept them in the game and all these different things. Like, I, those are just the things that I know are going to happen. And you know, everyone's aware of those things, and it's just it's something I don't want to deal with, and it's something that I'm afraid will feed into, and I'm hoping it doesn't, but I'm afraid it does bleed into the organization. And, you know, we really don't know. Again, the whole problem with this is we don't know the way 
Ryan Post feels about Matt Eberflus, the way Ryan Post feels about Justin Fields. We don't know the way they feel about Tyson Bajan. We don't know. We don't know they, We don't know the way Kevin Warren feels about all of those guys and all of those things. We don't know the influence he has on all these decisions. Like it's very unknown what the Chicago Bears feel right now amongst their quarterbacks, amongst their coaching staff, and because of that, it gives me the fear that they could be tricked into believing anything at this point because there's so many options on the table for how they proceed in the future. And because of that, they're have to for they forced to be open to a lot of different opportunities and options as to how to operate this team and what to do at the end of the year. So that that like that is the, the fact of the matter. Like there is no pre – like at this moment, October 19th, there is no clear-cut decision for this – I mean, there is an RIs, but for them, there's no clear-cut decision on what this organization should do. And even for us, it's not clear. I have a different opinion on what we should do with the than you, right? And it all depends on what happens. But because there's 12 games left, sorry, 10 games, 11, I just went all over the map, 11 games left, so many different combinations, possibilities, iterations of things can happen and you have to, you would be naive if you want to consider the one possibility that Tyson Beijing, you know, quote, 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 unquote, rallies the crowd, rallies the team. They win a couple games and the Bears organization is tricked into thinking things that they shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a world where, where that happens. Let me, to wrap this conversation, then we'll get an actual yeah. game stuff. Like, let me just throw this at you really quick. Again, and we've talked about this before, Ryan Poles didn't get to do the whole coach search. He didn't get to go through all those meetings. He didn't get to vet well, every he, candidate. No. They, they said he, he was hired, and then two days later, they hired Matt Eberflus. Ryan Poles was yeah. hired to be the GM. Two days later, Matt Eberflus was fired. He was there for the final round. Ryan Poles was there for the final group of candidates. He wasn't there from the beginning where they cast this wide net, and there were you know dozens, you know, you know, double-digit amount of candidates for this head coaching job, they were going through all these meetings. They had the panel, da, 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 and then Ryan Poles gets hired. All right, here's a list of three guys. This is who you get to choose from. So Ryan Poles now is likely going to be two years into the job and have somewhere from four to six wins to show for it. And, you know, had the whole press code. We're going to take the North, never get it back. We're going to build oh, this team up. Da, 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 da. You know, we all know how that goes. The clips have been sur- surfacing on the internet, you know, various places on the internet. So Ryan Poles is going to start feeling the heat as well. If he goes through a third year where he only gets two to three wins, what do you think his job security is? So for Ryan Poles wanting to keep his job as well, you get to the end of this year, and let's say you only win three games two to three, maybe even four if you're lucky. And he comes to the end of the year and says, all right, I have seven wins two years into this. I'm seven and and 27. That's something where you're like, yeah, let's run it back with the coaching staff. When you have an opportunity to take a quarterback of your choice at the top of the draft and potentially pair him with Marvin Harrison Jr., you're going to say, yeah, I can possibly risk, you know, another three win season. For my job security. That's how I that's I just think that's another angle to view it. I think that's another way that you can look at this because Ryan Poles is going to look out for himself too in his exit interviews for the year with Kevin Warren or the McCaskies or whoever it might be. So that's just another way that I think is a bullet point for there's no way this coaching staff comes back, even if they win two more games this year. I think it's just everybody's got their nail in the coffin, or at least close enough at this point, is my only thing. All right, let's get into actual game stuff. 
here. Yep. It is the Raiders. They are three and three. But like I said, they beat the Patriots, the Packers, and the Broncos. Yuck. And you have an opportunity to get your second win behind the undrafted rookie who, by all counts, I mean, there's all these videos of his dad coming out, but like arm wrestling Tom Palacero at the Senior Bowl and Tyson Badger uh, doing, uh, was it Lose Yourself or something? I forget. It was so, he was like yeah, doing karaoke at the bar, and there was a wild video. It was very kind of cringy, honestly, in my opinion, but that's neither near nor there. But anyway, so like you said, Raiders have a couple playmakers on their defense. Max Crosby obviously being the number one there, a guy who's been in defensive player of the year conversation at the very least. And with an offensive line that is kind of still a paper bag, basically. And I just think that regardless, I mean, we just did this whole thing on Tyson Banjo. What if he wins these games? I think he's in for a bad time. I think he's in for a bad time on Sunday and, you know, good luck with a center that you don't even know if can snap the ball properly. And now here's Max Crosby. Good luck. Yeah. Have have fun with that. It's not a recipe for success. No, for it Chicago. sure is. That's why I said it. That's why I said this is I know everyone's like kind of, you know, saying, oh, you know, Tyson Bajan's opportunity against the bad Raiders team with Ed O'Connell. No, like this is not. This is like Max Crosby leads the league in pressure. Like, he leads the league in pressures. And, like, sure, maybe the game plan is to get the ball out quick with Tyson Bajan and yada, yada, yada. But, like, you're not going to get down the field and score on this team consistently with Tyson Bajan. You're just not. And, like, maybe Roshan Johnson has a breakout game and the and the wrong block has been good this year. And we assume Roshan's going to play. He's still in concussion protocol. It would be a pretty – you know, a lot of guys have been coming back within the week of concussion, concussion protocol. This is going to be two weeks for him. So we expect him to play. But if not, it will be a Deonta Foreman again who, you know, ran the ball okay but is obviously older and slower uh, than Roshan Johnson is. Jeez. But, yes, this is a, a Raiders defense that, you know, gets after the quarterback. Sure, there's 21st in sack percentage. Um, and they don't take the ball away a ton. But they really haven't allowed a ton of big plays. And, yeah, they haven't played a lot of exponents who, you know, have explosive offenses and the Steelers and the Patriots and whatnot. And the one team that they kind of play that does have explosive offense and the Bills, they lost 38-10. But guess what? Right now, Tyson Bates and the Bears don't have explosive offense either. I'm not there. And I don't think that the game plan is to, you know, utilize explosive plays to beat this rated defense. If you are Luke Getzey and Matt Eberflus, there is no doubt in my mind that they've been in that meeting room for the past three days saying, oh, we are grounding and pounding the hell out of this team we know the Raiders don't have a great rush defense we know they have you know big playmakers up front and a decent pass defense but you look at their rush defense um they're 21st in opponent rush yards per game allowing 121.7 you know they face the 18th most rushes in the league and they're 21st in opponent yards per rush in 4.3 so it's not a terrible rush defense but it's definitely below average and I think they're looking at this and saying hey we are going to control the clock we're gonna get our D2 Shepherd quarterback Tyson Bajan comfortable and acclimated, and we're going to run Roshan Johnson in the ground. Maybe we'll do some design runs with Tyson Bajan because he can run the ball a little bit. They'll do whatever they can to move down the field, but they are not going to let Tyson Bajan drop back in shotgun, especially with the snapping issues, and throw the ball down the field. And again, that's where I get worried, Jake, when you talk about the perception of the two quarterbacks and the comparisons that are going to be made between Justin Fields and Tyson Bajan because of the way this has shaken out. The game plan and the game plan – at the end of the Vikings game was Tyson Bajan get the ball out quick, right? You're a rookie quarterback. We're going to run, you know, flat routes and, and quick out routes with DJ Moore to get the ball sure. in their hands and see what it can happen. And he was applauded for that. Look how fast Tyson Bajan got the ball out because they're running 
short flat routes. And they're one read plays to those guys. Those things are not being designed for Justin Fields for whatever reason. But don't look at that after this week and say, wow, Tyson Bajan, this undrafted rookie, already processes defenses better and gets the ball out quicker than Justin Fields. If you make that conclusion, you're a knucklehead and you're dumb <laughs> and you don't you're just an idiot. Um I, so that's the vitriol with this, which but... you're a knucklehead was said. <laughs> it's really yeah, funny. I mean, that's, that's where we're at, man. No, I do agree with you. I think that even if the Bears do win this game, Context matters. You have to see how, like, don't just look at a box score and see, you know, Tyson Bajant, Bajant, 10 for 12, 127 yards, and, and a W. You know, it, 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 like, context matters. If they run the ball 37 times, right, if they run the ball 37 times, and, you know, and the throw chart comes out like it does every week for every Bears quarterback, and nobody's running farther than five yards down the field, Context matters. We've said that a lot on the show in, in the past year. Context matters. You can't just blindly take things like the box score or like a win at face value. It doesn't mean like I take the Broncos loss, for example. Yeah, that was a horrendous loss and very indicative of the coaching staff. But then you look and see that the offense then for those first three quarters, at least had gave you hope. And then the commanders game happened. obviously whatever we're getting down a rabbit hole now, but context matters is basically what I'm getting at. Like Kevin said, don't be a knucklehead. Don't just take these things at, Oh, well he won. All right. Well, that's the guy, you know, take other things into account when you're evaluating how this game goes, especially if in some you know world they do win. All right, real quick. Let's do uh, uh, our bold predictions, our game prediction. Uh, Kevin, once again, hot streak continues for the bold predictions, the Tremaine Edmonds interception, I mean, Kevin's reign of terror just continues. Uh, we'll throw out the quarterback stats that we had predicted because injury obviously uh, took a huge account into that, and Justin Fields left the game with injury and you know, not even close to anything that we uh, predicted as far as that goes. So, Kevin, do you have a bold prediction for us this week really quick? Um, yeah, I do. I think the Bears score some points in this game, and by some you'll see what I mean in the prediction, uh, but I think it comes via special teams. I think uh, <laughs> Baylor Jones Jr., you saw him last week. I think the Bears score. He, uh, he was very aggressive. He didn't have great returns. I mean, he was, he, he was getting above 25 yards. It was decent, uh, but he's very aggressive, right? Like the first couple of weeks, you saw him not take balls back, even that were a couple yards deep in the end zone. This time, he was like, fuck it, we ball, taking the ball, taking it wherever he can uh the Raiders special teams is who's is Rich Passaccia still over there I no he's in Green Bay now it's a uh, right Passaccia's in Green Bay uh I well because Passaccia was the interim head coach for the Raiders and the Raiders players wanted him to be retained right 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 right. that that whole thing um and they went and got Josh McDaniels sorry I I I don't have stats here on the Raiders special teams I I just I I, no but um (laughs) sorry for my lack so if you I don't want you to fucking, if you're listening to this, I don't want you to question our lack of commitment on the podcast. It's a fake we are game. sitting here breaking down Tyson Bates. It's a fake game. It, it is a fake football game. This game should be relegated to this XFL for one week. This game should uh, be played that, at like midnight here. on Saturday. This game should be played yeah, with should. like Pac-12 after dark games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd yeah, be kind of cool. It actually should. Um, so yeah, don't question our commitment. Sorry, I didn't look up the Raiders special teams, but yeah, Bayless Jones returns a TD touchdown. I don't know what else is there to bull predict, but you know, I actually do feel pretty good about that one, and I'm on a hot streak. So, tailed me on Bayless Jones anytime touchdown score. Oh man, is that even listed? That'd be crazy. Uh, plus 
4,500. 45 to one for an anytime touchdown would be nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, I I also struggled with a bold prediction for this week just because it's like where it's so hard to say. Um, so you know what? With the trade deadline coming up, and then this will segue into our game predictions and then our trade uh, analysis, quote unquote, with two weeks ago to the deadline. I'm going to say that Darnell Mooney has 70 yards and a touchdown this week and raises his starts to raise his trade value as the deadline approaches. So I'll say Darnell Mooney, a I guess big game by his standards because he's been mostly non-existent. Uh, all right, Kevin, game prediction, score, <laughs> result. What do you got? Um. Well, because I both predicted Bayless Jones Jr. to score a touchdown, I think the Bears. I think the Bears lose this game. Twenty-one to thirteen. And I think their only offensive score oh. is the special teams touchdown. Honestly, that's not bad. That's a that's a very um, Jake coded score. Yeah, I, I I know the Bears scored last week against Minnesota with Tyson Bajan in there, and they had a decent drive. I I don't know, man. I I really just don't think this offense is equipped to do anything against this Raiders defense. Maybe especially if Roshan Johnson is out. If Roshan is in. And I know one running back shouldn't make a lot of difference, but maybe they do get down the field a little bit more because he's more explosive. But if you have Deonta Foreman again, um, and with this offensive line, the way it's constructed, and we don't even know the way it's it's constructed, mm-hmm. I don't see the Bears scoring more than 13 points in this game. I think they lose 21-13. All right. I think that something really stupid is going to happen. I actually think the Bears are going to win this game. And it's going to be really gross. And I'm going to say that the Bears win this game 13 I'm gonna go, I'm gonna line with you on that. Oh my god! Thirteen to nine, I think is the Bears on this game. Oh my god. I think it's just an absolute slop fest of a game, disgusting all around, and I think that it's just gross all around. Oh, and, and, and oh my god! And, and okay, I don't know, like. Are you? Let's be honest. Are you rooting for a win on Sunday? Like, are we no, there I'm not yet? Rooting like, for I don't a win, but again, like, but... it's just. I just think it's gonna be really stupid. I just think it's gonna be really stupid. That's all. Okay. That's all I have on the game. I, <laughs> all right, I you want to do a couple minutes on trade stuff? That. All right, let's do a couple minutes on trade stuff. All right, let's do a couple. You minutes. can tell um, the tone of our voices here. This is just <laughs> all time low. Um. All right. I actually think that we are going to see some trades, much like last year. Ryan Poles is not afraid of trading some of these guys. And so I think that even regardless when loss, whatever happens Sunday, I think we're going to start seeing people go out the door. And I think that, you know, at the top of that list, obviously, is Jalen Johnson. He's a corner that has shown he could put people on an island. He's shown he could take receivers out of the game. I think over the last two years, I think it is, or maybe even over the span of his career, I forget. But he allows a quarterback rating of 60. 60. Like, that's really good. He doesn't have the interceptions. He doesn't have the takeaways. But he's been undeniably and objectively a very, very good, above average, even bordering elite corner in the NFL. And I think that especially with teams with Super Bowl aspirations, that's going to be very attractive. Whether that's the Eagles who are dealing with injuries, whether that's you know the Dolphins who are welcoming Jalen Ramsey back, and maybe that's attractive to them to pair Ramsey with Johnson, something like that. I think there's going to be a team that's willing to give up a second round pick for Jalen Johnson. 
I agree that that is the case. However, I don't think the Bears should make that deal. I understand at the current You'd rather keep state him. of the team, I'd rather keep Jalen Johnson. I agree with that. The current state of the team. I, I agree that if you have the choice, oh, keep oh, him. Oh, you agree. I agree that you, you should okay. keep him, but I just think that like given— Why would you not have the choice? Well, just I think that because we haven't heard any progress in the last year plus, and also look at how Ryan Poles drafted. He drafted two corners in the last, in the last draft, and he drafted mm-hmm. Kyler Gordon before that. I think the writing's kind of on the wall here is all. Yeah, I mean, the the draft tendencies do indicate something, but just real quick before we wrap, like, I'll just say this. Like, I understand it's so easy to look at the state of the team and be like, well, if you're going to bottom out again and you're going to kind of restart this rebuild or whatever it may be, it makes so much sense to just unload your assets, especially for guys who, you know, are due for contract extension who might not get signed to the team anyway. Um, but that's just not how good teams operate. Like, at some point you have, like we've been doing this for so long, sure. maybe not so long, but at least the past couple of years. And like, at some point you have to keep good guys around. And at some sure. point it's not going to help you if you're Ryan Poles to keep dealing these guys away and for them to keep playing well for their second teams. And he has yeah. to be cognizant of that because it's been happening. It's happening with Khalil Mack. It's happening with Roquan Smith. It's happening, uh, you know, with all these other guys Nicholas that he's Morrow. let go of either, you know, maybe not trade, but let go of and, and, like Dave Montgomery, not resign. And I think, you're going to see the same thing happen with Jan Johnson. He's a great locker room guy. Everyone looks up to him as a mentor. Sign him before your contract at the end of the year. Keep him around. You keep good guys around. You keep good players around. You don't have to unload everything. So let me ask you this, because I do agree. There's value in keeping elite corners around. Would you consider that, like, if Darnell Mooney got traded, would you keep? Would that be in that same vein to you? Or would that be as like, okay, this is an asset that isn't necessarily – pivotal and you can afford to get rid of or not get rid of that sounds too like mean i guess but like you this is an asset you can afford to you know trade for draft capital darna mooney is more expendable than Jalen johnson i agree I expendable thank you that's that's the word i was like i agree with that completely especially if you're gonna have a shot at marvin harrison so we're aligned on that um i agree i think you should try to keep Jalen johnson i just am not sure that that's what's going to happen uh especially given how polls has drafted uh how old is jalen johnson he is 20 oh my god he's only 24 24 oh yeah i mean that's somebody you should definitely try to keep them but not my decision so all right well that does it for this episode of bears nation podcast this was our game prediction episode but we did a lot of a uh quarterback and coaching breakdown and a little bit of trade stuff uh for you guys too with a, a a game prediction sprinkled in if you will. So for myself, for Kevin, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. Thank you to listeners, the viewers. You guys are the best. We appreciate you. We'll be back on Monday to recap everything that we saw on Sunday in this absolute slop that is going to be an NFL game. But we'll be here because that's what we do for you guys. You guys are the best. Appreciate you. We'll see you on Monday. And as always, bear down. Bear down. All right, good stuff.